Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast that you always wanted. I am your host, Dustin Perry, and I am joined by James Key. Hello, James. Hello. And Maddie Key, broadcasting from a brand new location. Hello, Maddie Key. Yo, I'm on the run. Don't tell people I'm in a new spot now. <laughs> yeah, live via too much satellite. In, uh, yeah, <laughs> live via satellite. It's a bit too much heat on Maddie, so he has to uh, be remote going forward in many different ways. But we'll uh, <laughs> maybe, we'll maybe discuss a bit about that as we go on. But we do want to talk about a few different things today. First of all, there was a bit of a trade uh, in Maple Leafs land, and we'll discuss that. The free agency of the NHL is kicking off this week, so we have been talking about coming up with our predictions of where we think players are going to go. So we will do that today. Also, JT Romuto is afraid of uh, needles. And we have an update <laughs> on Vince McMahon. And we will, as proper and responsible journalists, when there's an update to the story, we will give you the update. I don't want to spend too much time on Vince, but I mean, there's an update. And I think you should know if you're not aware of the whole situation. But first, James, I know we're recording a day late. First of all, yeah, we are my fault. Um, I think it's a bit of everyone's fault. Uh, actually, probably not James. And nope. I, <laughs> the the biggest blame probably falls on Bell, uh, Bell Media or Bell Communications, I guess it would be. And the second blame it goes on to my broken tooth and how my face was half swollen yesterday. So um, that said, James, we have an extra day of things that we haven't talked about. So what has happened in your past eight days instead of past seven days? Dude, I did like fuck all and that's okay. Um, though I want to like, first of all, you give us way too much credit using the term journalists. Um, we should probably walk that back. <laughs> well, um, I, was, I, was, I was trying to be a bit facetious when I said that. <laughs> um, but I was going to ask you about your, your, your tooth situation. Did they do the thing that I said where they use the acrylic? And they just rebuilt it. I don't know if it's acrylic. I think it's composite or something. But yeah, something. They basically just pulled out the old filling, refilled it, and then like sealed the whole tooth as like one like composite yeah. tooth that's up there. And now. they blast it with the blue light. Yeah, got the got the light, the same light that they used to like mount my braces on back in the day. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, it's only a couple of years ago. Uh, so yeah, it it actually you're right. You said 45 minutes. I think it took them 40 minutes or something. And dude, and that's out. why I am the best forecaster at my job because I'm really good at that shit. And I told you it's not going to take long, and it was painless, right? Like that's the best part is like you don't if you don't feel fuck all. Back in the day, fillings people used to people used to run from that shit. Yeah, I didn't feel, and other than like the needle going in to like numb your mouth, but after that, you don't you don't feel anything. Yeah, so dude, I'm glad. But yeah, no, it, I did fuck all. Um, yeah, man, I walked away with something from IKEA by accident, and this is me owning up to it, so that's fine. Hopefully, no one works there. But you know, that's what happens when your product sticks together. And I thought it was one product, but it was actually two. So you know. Here I am. If anyone should be on the run, it's me. Uh, you know. Did you ever hear yeah, that Swedish story about that? Did you ever hear that story about that people like walked out of IKEA with like six thousand dollars worth of product? Like they just like waltzed out of like they had like a cart full of shit and they just walked through like the the self checkout, which is like so, like self checkout is such a a weird thing, right? Like obviously like companies want to use them because they save money. 
right? Paying people, but also how much money do they lose with like product that just goes out the door, right? Like I've always wondered that because the people, like there's so many people at self-checkouts that like the two people they employ can't watch everybody. And like, I've always said that with a hard hat and a clipboard, you can get anywhere, but I mean, you can get anywhere with less with just a little bit of confidence. If you just walk, like you bought, like I legit thought that I had bought the item and I just walked and like, everyone's like, have a good day. I'm like, you too. And I just fucking stole Like, I didn't know I stole it, but if I did, I'd be like, have a good day. I just fucking stole this from you and I'd be out the door. So I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about self-checkout sometimes. That was long-winded to get to self-checkouts, but it's such a weird concept to me sometimes, but I use it all the time. Yeah, but even if there was a regular checkout, you could still walk out. Like the person who's getting paid minimum wage to work the cash register is not going to tackle you. Yeah, you no. think some thirteen-year-old like pimple-faced kid is gonna stop you mm. like over? No. Listen, come on. Not there's a dude at Walmart one time that was like, "Did you did you pick up the the pop on under your coat under your uh, couch under your cart and scan it?" I was like, "Yeah, no, I haven't got there yet, man." But thanks. Like I wasn't planning on taking it, but he was like right on it. So like, I don't know. I feel I'm conflicted. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like he's a career man. <laughs> he's he's shooting for that promotion yeah he's a career guy you know i gotta he's got conviction i appreciate that yeah he's a he's a lifer but whatever man like good for him but i don't know it's convenient but at the same time i don't i would love to see the metrics on what their shrink is versus what uh what they're saving in wages and so- also maintenance <laughs> on those things speaking of that my buddy used to be a sales like uh manager for best buy and he's like man our leakage per like month is like 500k that's disgusting and that's probably i'm betting that's month. all employee probably like and that's he's like he's like now let me preface this he's like this is everything this is returns stolen items ship breaks shit's damaged and whatever but he's like a month it's like 500k and that's allowable like that's within their threshold at the time this is like years ago but man the fuck best buy man all right so james is on the run because he uh accidentally stole something and maddie you're literally on the run yeah i moved um as we can hear by the echoey room that you're in I got to get this fixed. I'm sorry. Boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like day one being in here. This is an empty room with like a laptop set up on a cardboard box. No, I actually, I had to work today. So I had to get everything set up relatively quick. So I had some space to work. I started the day just sitting with my work laptop on the floor, taking the first call in the morning, sitting on the carpet. So like kind of in between meetings and on lunch, I put together like my desk and set some shit up. So no, like, other than that, yeah, just I prepped and did my move and I had painters come in. Yo, the guys, this is kind of weird. And I guess this is like a sign of age because of the things that excite you. But the painters we got in were so good, like legit. So Jim saw it today, fully done and painted and everything like that. My bedroom, and this was my choice. My wife agreed to it. She really didn't care as long as I had a dark bedroom don't care a nice regal royal purple like a deep purple it is so sick 
and my office that I'm currently sitting in black. And I mean, I literally called the guy when I was setting up the paint. I was like, give me the blackest black you have. And he's like, I got you. And they did it and it looks sick. But yeah, they did such a good job. Like they went above and beyond, man. Like usually when you get like house service people, you're kind of just like, okay, I will, they'll come in and, you know, they'll do like a good job and whatever and move on and that's it. These guys like took their time. They're like, hey, we noticed this and, you know, we're not, but we're going to do it. And like, you know, like we don't want to leave you with this and new house and stuff like that. So, you know, they were absolutely amazing. And then this one guy, Marco, who's just a machine like an absolute machine, nicest guy. And he came back for the fourth day. Cause he was like, you know, I don't want to leave all this stuff. He's like, they said like, we're done, but he's like, no, I don't want to leave you guys with this. So he was really, really cool. But yeah, that was like all my shit. Pretty much. Um, so on Friday we had like the apocalypse happen here in, uh, Southern Ontario, or at least all of Canada. Actually. Only if you're with Rogers. Yeah, only well, if you're on bullshit Rogers. So that's the thing. Like, and I know there's a lot of people who listen to the show who are not from Canada, or at least maybe they're just using a VPN that uh, is <laughs> preventing them from appearing to be in Canada. But according to our metrics, there's people from outside of Canada. So if you're not aware, uh, there was like a major internet outage on Friday, this past Friday, which led to just anarchy in the streets. Like people were freaking out that they weren't able to like go on Instagram and, you know, look at pictures of dash hounds and stuff but what it also did it prevented me from working because you know roger's at home and then i went to the office and it was fine but like i sent a bunch of emails from work and i'm like no one's receiving these emails what am i doing here <laughs> so at noon i just uh packed up and went to cineplex and watched the new thor movie it was oh, nice uh james have you seen it no i was supposed to actually go with my dad this week but like got locked up helping maddie with the move and then obviously today being uh l prime day um very busy at the shoot job so you know well i mean you're helping maddie move and that's your excuse but maddie saw it right he went before (laughs) yeah well we'll have to we'll have to reserve our conversation about thor maybe till next week but i yeah i also enjoyed it uh, yeah. Also, Saturday I saw Ill Scarlet at the Phoenix. That was pretty cool. That's a throwback. Yeah, it is a very both, much a throwback. Both Ill Scarlet and the Phoenix. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So that was. Uh, it was a little strange going to the Phoenix as a fan. Like that's Sir, weird. It's like weird take, to go in the front door. I have taken a shower in the Phoenix dressing room showers, <laughs> and I'll tell you, uh, I've showered in like gyms, airports. Um weird people's houses that that is the dirtiest shower i've ever used in my entire life was the shower at the phoenix it was ill Did you ill scarlet the- talk about ill-maintained shower how about that that's <laughs> it was not <laughs> not kosher did you ever use the bathroom that was on the lower level of the phoenix yeah down the stairs so when you go so when you hey so when you go backstage there's like stairs that goes upstairs to like another yeah. locker room and that's where the bathroom is yeah where the shower is that you're talking yeah. about but before you go up those stairs, there's a bathroom like in tucked away in the corner. Oh, really? I never used that. Yes. It is like, <laughs> it's really sketchy. Like if you're thinking like the shower was sketchy, this one is really sketchy. And it has like this door that you close that's wooden. And it has like a pull latch kind of thing to lock mm. the door. 
but it is rusted to hell. And like, so you are running the risk of a getting a sliver in your finger just from the door and b getting like a tetanus infection, trying to roll this latch over. It is, it's terrifying. All the rock of piss. All in the name of. Just go, just go outside and take a leak on the doctor's office. (laughs) Right across the fence. It's, man, it's one sketchy area of town. My buddy lives mm, like King and Sherbourne-ish. So like, it's actually, King and Sherbourne is actually quite nice. But when you go like one block Block, north. Once you get to Allen Gardens. Dude, once you get to Allen Gardens, that fucking place is a write-off. So uh, we met at his place before the concert and we just took an Uber over, even though it's probably like a 15 minute walk because dude, it's not worth your life. Fit, no, dude, it's not worth uh, his life. It's not like uh, the walk up would have been fine because it would, still would have been daylight. But the walk home at midnight, walking through like this park that has nothing but like guys who just waiting to show you. Allen Gardens. Uh, tweakers. That's Allen Gardens. No, like, you don't yeah. walk through. Yeah, that's it, dude. The only thing in Allen Gardens is is desperation and heroin that's the only thing that's there and it's it's unfortunate but that's what it is i mean the only reason i used to feel comfortable about the after parties at smash and walking to like the the restaurant on i forget what the street was was house on parliament yeah it was the fact that you know we were like the sand people in star wars and we moved in greater numbers like that's the only reason i felt safe is because i knew that if anyone tried to rob us he had to try and rob 40 people at once Right, but you're also going in a different direction. Like you would be going uh, eastbound instead of southbound. True. So like, going eastbound and down. <laughs> yes, actually. Yes, <laughs> yes you would be actually. You, have to go, you go east to Parliament, yeah. and then he goes down south. Any further south? Any that, further south? You're fucking was. out. And so remember that time uh, Mark Haskins was booked on a Smash event, and it was at the Phoenix. And we were asking him, where do you want to go to eat after the show? Yeah. And he said, you know what? I don't care, guys. Pick whatever yeah. you want. Just ideally not an English pub. because like, And then we, we went right to an English pub. <laughs> we went and to then, the only English pub on Parliament. <laughs> yeah. And then, he, and then him and Riddle just went and hung out instead. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So. And he told me about uh, that instead of eating normal dinner, he just ate a shit ton of Haribo. What the fuck is a Haribo? Haribo, the gummy bears? The gold gold bears. Sure. Haribo, gold bears? You know what, I'm, you know what he's talking about. The, the gummy, bear, the gummy, gummy bears. bears. The original name for, gummy, for the company is Haribo. Sounds like a you, weird sex move. You need to Google image searches right now. You know exactly no, what No, absolutely not. No, I'm not Google searching nothing if I don't know what it is. Dude. Well, Haribo. then how do, you, how do you know what it is if you don't Google search it? You you know what this is like. You have to look this up. Yeah, they this make looks like just, Yeah, this looks okay. This looks like knockoff gummy bears. No, but it's it, the OG. Honestly, it looks like it looks like the bootleg candy that you get at the dollar store. Yeah, and actually, I'm wearing a violent gentleman T-shirt, and in every box that, that you should, they give you a small pack of Haribo. Really? Yeah, which is Yo, pretty cool. You you say that with like a little bit of an accent. Jim says uh, Haribo. 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 Like, I get, you get with a little bag of Haribo. Yeah, man. Dude, you get authentic, <laughs> but they may also make uh, like Coke bottles too, which is awesome because it's Coke oh, bottles. I thought you were gonna candy. say Coke and just stop there. <laughs> and then I go and eat them in Allen Gardens, and that's what I do. Um, they are called Happy Cola. The yeah, Haribo Happy Cola. Haribo so Happy Cola. God tier candy. 
Yes, sir. What, you th- Coke bottles are God tier candy? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I think that's something we need to add to our list of uh, <laughs> God tier things. And uh, over the summer, when we start doing our top five lists, if things we'll ever to, get slow, and we need if things content. ever get slow, yeah, we'll we'll dive into our top five lists. We do have uh, best sports movies of all time that's coming next up next week, week I believe. Uh, we might have to add the best candy of all time in there. But for this week, we're talking about the five players that we think are going to whatever team for their NHL free agency. So NHL free agency, according to uh, this website that I'm on, is 16 hours away from time of recording. So by the time this airs, uh, it's probably... You'll know. You'll know whether we're right, wrong, or yeah. completely dumb. So it is. we are still like not aware of where any of these players have signed. We're still less than a day away from free agency opening, but I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, free agency probably has opened and you're laughing at us for our ridiculous pitch. Wait, so, time out, time out. Before we get into uh-huh. this, one rule. Jack Campbell to Edmonton doesn't count because they tampered okay, the so, fuck with that guy. Okay, I gotta strike one off. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> this guy tried to get easy points. This guy tried to get empty netter off the hop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I don't want to go like term and price, and I think that's going to be a little too uh, in the weeds for yeah. this particular uh, exercise we're doing. We'll just do five people. This is where I think they will sign. Um, and I suppose we should award some points and award a winner. So basically, whoever gets the most right, that's going to be the winner. Although, does everyone have one? that is kind of off the wall or is everyone like super straight with it uh, i was gonna say like you if maybe our last one is like off the wall and crazy probably isn't gonna happen but if it does happen it's like three points okay we can cool. we can switch it up i have the list in front of me i'll pick something random it's all good okay so four normal picks four possible points there and then We'll call our wild card one. That's a little crazy, a little wacky. Probably isn't going to happen, but if it does, it awards you three points. Who wants to go first? Not me. I'll go first. Okay, you go first. First one on my list I is a team that I feel like is missing some grit and missing some sandpaper, and they can really also use some scoring as well. The Vancouver Canucks are the team that I'm talking about. And the player in question is Evander Kane. Ooh. Going home. Interesting. Also going home. Yep. Definitely. Okay. The BC boy, I believe. It makes a lot of sense in terms of what they need. They have the cap space to do it. And I don't see why Kane wouldn't want to go. So that's my first pick. Evander Kane to the Vancouver Canucks. Also, I would like to throw this out there. And I didn't think of this. And now that I've gone first, I'm glad I did. If someone has named your guy, he's off your list. Oh, name the guy cool. or the exact combination? Nope. As soon as one guy's gone, that's it. Okay, that's fine. You oh, know what, fine. gentlemanly, I will let Maddie go next. All right. Oh, are we gonna go like one, one, one? Okay. Yeah. We'll yes. Do that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, unless you want me to get all my five out of the way. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> kind of because no, that's kind of bullshit. Cool. Then, yeah. <laughs> you could have three of them. Okay. My first one. And this was going to be just like one of them, but it's going to be my out there. But this Wait, hold on. So is this your out there or not? No, no, no. It was okay. originally going to be part of my list. And now I, I'm kind of thinking it's my out there one. So I'm going to change this one up. 
But my first one is Andre Palat to Montreal. Oh, I think as much as Tampa wants to keep him, they have their own shit they got to deal with. They've got a a lot of cap issues that we all know about that people have accused them of circumventing, but that's neither here nor there because every team does it. But I think he's won two cups there. He almost won a third straight. He's ready to cash in probably more than what Tampa can afford him. And I think Montreal's probably primed to want to start throwing money at some of these guys because I think they want to speed this thing up kind of like the Rangers did. So that's my first one. Okay. Well, you mentioned the team that I was going to choose next. I'm going to say the Rangers Uh are going to sign... Evgeny Malkin. Oh. Oh. Now I have to come up with another. I think it was going to be. I think it's going to be close between them and Washington, but ultimately, I think Gino, outside of you know the allure of playing with Alexander Ovechkin, sees a clearer path to the cup with his countryman Igor Shesterkin between the pipes, and will sign for three years. I like how you name Shesterkin, but. You don't name Artemi Panarin, who's also on that team. Listen, he is. Okay. (laughs) So Malkin to the Rangers. I honestly didn't Uh, think of it, but that makes sense. Literally the next one on my list was Malkin to Washington, as you had just mentioned that that's possibility too. And just because I think that connection with him, Ovechkin is strong and it would be interesting to see the two of them play together against Pittsburgh against Pittsburgh. Imagine. Yes. In the same division too. Right. Like, right. That would be the ultimate turning your back and going to the jump and ship to the other squad. The dark like, side. A really cool idea, but fine. So the rule I made up <laughs> now I cannot <laughs> use Evgeny Malkins. So that's fine. So I'm going to go and a little further down my list of someone who I think is a bigger name because I want to get this one out there. Um, and this, I didn't have a lot of reasoning behind this other than I think he would be a good fit based on positional need and based on cap space. And that's the New York Rangers, who I think have a need up the middle. And up the middle person is Nazem Kadri. Ooh. I so honestly I, I, so thought of putting that one down too. Like it's, literally it, it, earlier. It's because I think Kadri is going to... is going has. Kadri has earned a good paycheck. And I think Kadri's probably going to get six, maybe $7 million a season. And I think there's only so many teams that have that ability. So many teams that are in a position to win that have the ability to give him that contract. And I think the Rangers are on that short list. So that is why I went with the New York Rangers. I like that. Honestly, I feel like the Rangers are going to be doing a fair bit, to be honest. So in saying that, because I don't want to get this taken, three straight picks to the Rangers... Oh. Vincent Trocheck. Oh. I think a bit of a sleeper, not really out there, but I think he's kind of what they need. You know, similar to kind of what you said in Kadri, where I think he's a little younger and but he's also probably a little cheaper than what Kadri's going to command, and I think he can kind of balance out what they they need on that team. Um so I, I think Trocheck to the Rangers. <clears throat> Rangers makes a lot of sense to me. All right. I'm going to be the first homer of the. Oh, uh, you're going to take. He's going to take mine. I already oh. know. I know. I already fucking know. Okay, this. hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Before he even gets there, 
Maddie, who do you think it's going to be? He's going to say Dylan Stroman to the fucking Leafs. No. Okay. okay. I'm not. He's not. No. That was actually okay. considered for my wild card. But this is somebody where if there's smoke, there's fire. And I think now that they don't have to give up any assets and he's coming off a weaker season, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to sign this gentleman at a much friendlier cap hit than his last cap hit. And that is Max Domi will be a Toronto Maple Leaf in 2022-2023. That's kind of an out there pick, but... No, it's not. Uh, He can play left wing or center, which means they could move Johnny T to the wing so his slow ass doesn't have to skate up and down the center of the ice. I mean, I don't hate I don't hate the pick. Um I would love to, Actually, I don't The amount like Max the Dolan, amount but. of time the Toronto Maple Leafs in the last 2 years have been rumored to be in on Max Domi and we all know that every time Toronto lately has been rumored to be in on somebody for some reason, it happens. So, it, did Domi play for the Sioux Greyhounds? I don't know. Did he? No, he played for the Pete. He did. He had, no, but he the played for the Knights. London Knights. Yeah, unless he played for the Sioux Greyhounds, he's not being a Toronto Maple Leaf. No. So, Max Domi to the Maple Leafs to live out his father's legacy. I would like to see at least if he does become a Maple Leaf. So, let me caveat that right there. If he does become a Maple Leaf, I would like to see him wear 28. I was going to say, don't, do you think he does it if he does? A little, hey, listen, a little, sand, like, we know the team needs a little sandpaper. He has, he has skill. He has history playing with Mitch Marner. Mm. Think about that. I mean, that's the Kyle Dubas logic. <laughs> right. And who's the gem of the Maple Leafs? Yeah, but he didn't play for the Sioux. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But was he agreeing? Let's play for the Sioux. It's not happening. All right. All right. Dustin. So uh, I'm kind of glad you went the way you did. Because I'm looking at my list and I'm trying to play defensively now of like who I should take next before you guys take them. So now I'm looking at a team that I think is kind of in a hybrid rebuild where they're not officially rebuilding but they might have to if certain players don't come back. Now, they're rumored to possibly be coming back, so I'm not sure what's going on with this team. And the team, of course, I'm talking about is the Boston Bruins. But I'm kind of working off the assumption that if Bergeron does come back, which is looking like he is going to now, I think he's probably going to take a bit less of a... Bergeron, like, he's not a free agent, right? Like, am I making that up? Is, no, he is. I think he signed. I thought he said he signed one year in Boston, but I, maybe I misheard that. Right, I'm well, pretty sure he was a free agent, but he was contemplating retirement. Right. So that's like what I'm getting at. Where, So I, I believe he's currently still a UFA. As of right now, as we're looking at this, it says 2022, 2023, unrestricted free agent. So he may be coming back. I think if he does come back, what I'm trying to get to here is he's probably going to end up taking a lot less money than he did previously. So again, there's money available. And I think there's a certain type of player that the Boston Bruins are known for. <laughs> Maybe Bergeron's not the best example of this, but I always feel like the Bruins are those big, nasty Bruins that will just piss you off when you're trying to play with them rather than, you know, outskill you in any way. The Bruins have always been like just a pain in your ass. And a player that I think fits that mold 
And at the same time, this player can also be a heck of a scorer when he wants to be. And that, my friend, is Ryan Strom. Hmm. I think okay. he fits. I think he fits, fits very well with the makeup of the Boston Bruins, and I think he definitely. I mean, any team that Ryan Strom goes to, he's going to help. But I just think the pieces that Boston has presumably lost. But again, Bergeron may come back, and that may be moot. But presumably, Boston is going to be needing some upgrades up front, and they're going to have to be creative in how they do it. And I think Strom is a way that can bring some versatility and bring some sandpaper as well. Okay, okay. I like it. I'm, you know, it's not a bad thing. I honestly thought that if Kane was going to go anywhere, he would fit Boston perfectly. Did um, I say Dylan Strom? Because I meant Ryan Strom. Yeah, you, you said, said Ryan Strom. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I always thought Evander Kane would be destined for Boston, to be honest. Like, it just, he fits that team's makeup. And I think, like, the leadership core there is good enough to kind of, for lack of a better term, keep him straight and narrow so you know that would have been maybe one of mine but my next one and this is i mean this is probably not really too far off and i feel like this is cherry picking so but darcy kemper to washington i mean i think with jack campbell going to edmonton and the caps not qualifying samsonov that they need attendee, and at this point, they have the money, I think it's Kemper. So, to me, it makes sense. I, I think you're on the money there. If you look at what they currently have committed to goaltenders right now, it's $0 for this yeah. upcoming offseason. So, I yeah, I think they're definitely targeting either Kemper or Campbell, and why not Kemper? It's a good pick. Yeah, I just feel like Campbell's been a foregone conclusion to Edmonton since it came, became pretty clear he wasn't staying in Toronto. So just Kemper, just like I said, to Washington just makes too much sense to me. How many picks we got? Four? That's my third. You get four plus your wild card. Yeah, but so how many are we at? Maddie's third. I, I'm down to three. So you've only mentioned Malkin and Domi. Okay. So this gentleman is going to go closer to home. And I'm going with Johnny Goudreau to the New York oh. Islanders. Okay, that one's different. I thought he was going to say Philly. <laughs> no, Philly's so fucking strapped against the cap. They would have to. They'd have to. They'd have to put Ryan Ellis wherever you are in order to <laughs> to make this work. And there's no guarantee that Ryan Ellis even plays next. Like the rumor is that he's not happy in Philly. So good, like. Goudreau could go to Philly. However, I, I do think he's destined for that area between New Jersey, Philly. Uh, I don't think that Ranger. I think the Rangers will be too... He's too rich for the Rangers' blood. But uh, the Islanders, I think, will be a destination for Johnny Goudreau. Okay, so I'm kind of looking down the list right now, and I don't have a great option because a lot of my guys have been taken. But I have been thinking about one name. And I don't have a great justification for it, <laughs> but I think I'm going to go with it anyway. So I'm thinking of a team that definitely needs some help on the back end. I'm thinking about a team that is not too far from this player's hometown. I'm thinking about a team where this player 
has a brother that also plays for the organization. I give to you P.K. Subban to the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. PK's too Hollywood. He's not going to Buffalo. PK Subban, Get the fuck out Buffalo here. is only an hour and a half away from his hometown in Toronto, Ontario. Malcolm plays for the organization as well. Malcolm might end up being on the roster now that Tokarski is gone and they're down to just Craig Anderson. So Hold on. Dustin Tokarski's still in the NHL? Yeah, well, he doesn't have a job right now, but yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean, he could be a Toronto Maple Leaf. Don't be making fun of Dustin Tokarski. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just shocked. I'm just saying he's a UFA goaltender, so don't be making fun of any UFA goaltenders right now because they could <laughs> end up being they could end up being Maple Leafs. I know, eh? So, so PK Subban, I think he'll get a friendly deal as well. Um, I don't think he's going to command as much money as he had in his last deal, which is like nine million dollars or something. Um, and again, the only reason I pick Buffalo is because Malcolm plays there. And is Malcolm even going to play in the NHL? Probably not. <laughs> Maybe, possibly, <laughs> but. I think it would be a fun place for him to go, not too far from his hometown, and they need defense, and his brother plays there. Okay. Not bad. Speaking of teams that need defense, my next one's a defenseman. Kind of flying under the radar in terms of the free agent frenzy. Kind of, you know, a little bit quiet out there. But mine is John Klimberg to Montreal. I think... Montreal has no one on D. <laughs> they need someone <laughs> to play D. <laughs> they traded Romanov. Jeff Patry is literally being held together with shoestring and glue. Like the dude, you know, Jeff Jeff Petrie looks like that guy where like when you sit in the beer league men's room, he's just like, it says no smoking and no beer. And the <laughs> dude's cracking a beer and hacking a dart in the room. And he's just like... He's sitting under the he's sitting under the sign. Yeah. And he's like he's shirtless and he's just like in the yeah. jock strap with the socks on, not even the pants. He's got the shins and the skates and the jock strap on, but no pants. Right? Yeah. He's tarps off. But yeah. So I they after the Romanov deal, I just feel like they don't want to completely throw these kids to the wolves. They want to make an effort. I think they think they'll be good in two years, not four or five. So I think they'll give Klimberg like the nice five, six year deal. And so that by the time, you know, year two, three kicks in, they think they'll be in a spot to be a contending team. And Klimberg's a really good D man. So I say Klimberg to Montreal. And I think also too, that GM is, he's zesty. Like that dude wants to make waves because a lot of people shit on him being like former agent. Now a GM, is this going to work? Is he just a you know, a puppet to Jeff Gordon and shit like that. So, you know, I think he wants to make a statement. I think the organization wants to make a statement after everything Mark Bergevin did. So, yeah. So you uh, picked John Klingberg, who would leave Dallas at his $4.25 million cap hit. I think it was. Uh, I think the Dallas Stars are going to sign someone to play uh, alongside Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan because we all know that the Pavelski-Robertson line is... Oh, that line's not getting touched. No. So the person I think they're going to sign to play with Sagan and Benn 
will be Andrew Kopp to the Dallas oh, okay. Stars. I like, I like Andrew Kopp. Yeah, me too. I would have liked him on this team. I think he, me too, but I think he fits exactly what Dallas needs on that line. And you know, you have the the pressure cooker of Jamie Ben. You have the playmaking ability of Tyler Sagan and. You know, Andrew Cobb had a couple clutch goals for the Rangers in the playoffs, and I think he's exactly the type of player that would fit on that line. So I'm going to say Andrew Cobb to Dallas. The thing is, is he would have fit perfectly staying in New York, but you, like, yeah. he's going to get so much money. Oh, like, he, he made three he's sex. He's going to get five and a half at least. So I think, yeah, that's where I, that's where he ends up in the I, in the sunny valley of Dallas, Texas. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, Dallas would low key be on my top five list of teams to play on if I ever made the show. No taxes. Not just that weather. though, like, man, Dallas is sick and chicks and Daisy you know, Dukes. Yeah, Texas barbecue. Like, come on, right? Damn. I'd be get so fat. But like, if it wasn't the Leafs, it'd be the Rangers. You know, the Stars, probably somewhere out west in like L.A. or some shit. But yeah. Anyway, I digress. Dustin, Wild card. All right, wild card pick. Here's the thing. <laughs> this is how this is how I want you to understand where my mind is here. So, as we know, the Toronto Maple Leafs need a number of things. They need goaltending. They need arguably some defense. I know James has made that argument a few times. And yeah, they probably need some help up front too. So they need a bit of everything, but they don't have any money to do it. So they're going to have to be very creative in how they start filling some of these holes. Much like we saw earlier this week with them acquiring Matt Murray. And we'll talk about that in detail in our next segment. But to address the back end, I think all they can do is either trade someone or sign someone to a free agent deal that is going to be so under the radar that everyone's going to say, oh, you know what? That's a great use of league minimum right there. This person, who has made a ton of money in his career, doesn't necessarily need any more. And maybe the allure of playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs would bring him out of retirement. The Toronto Maple Leafs will sign Dustin Bufflin. Wow, that oh, is okay. That is off. That is off the. That is off the board. It's off the board. It's probably not even on the list of the free agents you're looking at. But he's a he's a defenseman, or at least has played defense in his life. And like, and those times ex- where he played up front in Chicago. No, he wanted to play D though. He's exactly he's what they need. Like him he's at exactly his- what they need. But obviously, he hasn't played professional hockey in some time, so who knows how good he is. But but he's he's creative. What the, he's what they need from multiple perspectives, and I say that he's a tough defenseman with a shot, you know. And they haven't had a shot on the power play since uh, McCabe. So he has a good size too. Well, he has huge ass. Yo, this yo this that hit he laid on Mark Stone. It's still one of the biggest hits of the past 10 years I have ever seen. Yee. Like he broke two of his ribs on that hit. Um Okay, so I, I like it. I mean, it's not going to happen, but I like no, it. Probably not. 
I now he went so far off the board. I'm like, well, mine's not really that far off the board. This guy's now. like Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yeah. Gordy Howe digs himself up. <laughs> he comes back to play for Detroit. No, honestly, no. Like I, there's no pomp or circumstance of mine. It's fucking Claude Giroux going to Ottawa. Like he has everywhere else to go. He could go. There's rumors he's going to go to Pittsburgh. There's rumors he's going to stay in Florida. There's rumors he's going to go maybe to the Rangers. There's all these teams he's rumored to go to. Ottawa is close to home. Everyone thinks at some point he's going to want to do it. And, I mean, why not now? Jerux to the Sens. I'll accept it. Giroux to Ottawa. I, I'm accepting it as an off-the-board pick because the Ottawa Senators are going to be rough this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, if if Jimmy Stu can get off the fucking ice and not roll around like he's in the World Cup for Germany, then yeah, maybe they'll be good. Um, I'm going to go with a very simple one, uh, and it's off the board because I don't think anyone's going to think of this guy. But I and but it's kind of I still think the the signing makes sense, so it's not super wilder out there. It's not like Nick Cannon wilding out, but it's <laughs> it's uh it's different. I think Phil Kessel. Oh, I was, I was hoping someone was going to say Phil Kessel. Is going to go to the LA Kings. Wow. Book I it. honestly don't understand why that dude wouldn't just want to stay in Arizona. You know what? He has. I was going to say Phil Like, Dude, I would pick any kind of like middle. Okay, so. Low key? Yeah, I was like, Phil Kessel to Winnipeg. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> also something that could happen. Um, so. I don't know. I just think Phil, the idea Phil that Kessel LA, Kraken. I, right? I think, but I think LA is a good place where it's like passionate fan base, but like you don't get fucking roasted in LA. Like they care enough about hockey to go and enjoy it, but not bitch about their players. Um, and I think that there's, they made the playoffs. They give Edmonton a run for their money. So they're still quasi competitive. So I think, you know, it's a place that, that Phil can kind of just chill and, and play well while still having a chance of uh, winning. So Kessel to the Kings. I thought a Kessel to Toronto would have been a really fun off the board pick as well. Because, yeah. I mean, depending on how much money he signs for, that could be yeah. an interesting piece on like the second line for the Leafs with Tavares and Neil and Dirty Kessel. That would be interesting. Yeah, I just I, I seriously think that they're going to need somebody to take over center duties um, for Tavares because he is just and that's why like the allure of, of a Dylan Strom if you can move money out is so so sweet especially as you don't have to you don't have to give anything up and he's I proven, find that hard to believe just because he's such a beast on the draw Tavares like if you look at yeah if you no look but at you, the, you let him take the draw and you switch out you do the Spezza yeah I, yes you could theoretically do that but it still would definitely create some havoc especially if you're in the offensive zone at the end of the game like you don't really want that like win of the draw and shift quickly like it's i don't know it's it's probably not ideal i guess and that's i don't know a lot of teams don't do it for that reason but you're right like there's definitely ways that they can keep him out there just to win i think i think Tavares will be a winger come the start of the season i don't i don't think he's just like listen i love the guy the guy's got lead feet and not like good for F1 lead feet. Like he has, you know, he just, he can't move anymore. And it's unfortunate, but it's, he's not, 
the dude ain't winning fastest skater competitions. Like he's not being considered. Like and it's you know for a team that prides itself on its speed and and uh, daftness. You know, it's just I don't think he keeps up in that regard. So he's he better wear you know get in on pucks, use his his big body and get to the front of the net, and that's what he should be doing. So hopefully, you know, Dylan Strom is the answer. Just as an offshoot of that combo station. Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, Dylan Strom makes sense. He'd be cheaper, like you said. He could third line, second line duties if he needs to. I think he would thrive on this team, and you know, I just think it's it's a, it'd be a good fit for him. Um, he he made three million also, last year, so chances are he's probably he had twenty two goals and 20, 26 assists. My guess. If you look at other guys who had similar goal comparisons and points, Pierre-Luc Dubois at 28 and 32, Andre Burakovsky was 22 and 39. They were in and around the $5 million mark. So my guess is that Strom was going to get between four and a half and $5 million. Someone might overpay if they really need a center. But yeah, he'd be... He'd be nice. Big body. We almost drafted him. I was going to say, do you remember when everyone kind of freaked out and said, no, you should have taken Strom, and now Marner's arguably the best winger in the NHL? But Hindsight's 2020. Yeah, I know. We also both yelled at the TV when the Leafs took Nylander, saying they should have taken Nick Ritchie. <laughs> I, I, also, I also had the same issue. I was very in on Nick Ritchie. And lo and behold, he ended up becoming a Maple Leaf at some point, and we've all forgotten about that already. And that was only last year. Barely, he played like eighteen games. Well, that's what I mean. Like the guy played, for it, but it was recent. Like he played last year. <laughs> Feels like forever ago. It does feel like forever ago. Uh, but I, I think the the interesting thing here, as we relate back to the Maple Leafs, is the weird things that they're going to have to do to patch a team together. And we saw evidence of that a few days ago where they officially acquired Matt Murray from the Ottawa Senators for essentially a bucket of pucks. Not even. They could decide not to give the bucket of pucks. There has, I mean, I imagine there will be compensation in some way, but you're right. We don't know what that compensation will be. It was officially future considerations, which honestly, I... This is probably uh, foreshadowing for next week, but there's that scene in Moneyball where uh, Brad Pitt's on the phone where he's like, all right, deal, but I need you to stock my soda machine for the next year. Like, that's pretty much what I feel like the Maple Leafs are doing for the Ottawa Senators. They're probably, like, supplying the Gatorade in their locker room for the next year and a half or whatever. However long that they have Matt Murray on their roster, that's how long they're going to have to supply the Gatorade, but only the blue Gatorade. The red one and the orange one, they're on their own for that. So Matt Murray is uh, officially a Toronto Maple Leaf. He is only going to get, or I shouldn't say only going to get, he's only, the Leafs are only on the hook for 75% of what his contract value was, which was six and change. So he's uh, officially on the Toronto Maple Leafs cap making 4.6875. So let's just say 4.6 for uh, our purposes. Oh. What do you guys feel about this? I know Matt Murray, on the bright side, has two Stanley Cups. On the bright side, only 28 years old. Like, this isn't 
Like this is the guy who's proven he can win in the past. He's a Canadian kid from Thunder Bay. Most likely grew up a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. He's going to have a much better defense in front of him this season than he had last season. I know we have our reservations about the Maple Leafs defense, but the Maple Leafs defense is better than the Ottawa's defense. I'm confident in saying that. How do you feel about Matt Murray being the starting goaltender? And how many games does Matt Murray play before they give up and they go with Wool or Shelgren? <laughs> or is it more how many games does he play before they say fuck it and they deal something of you know worth to get John Gibson? Right. Well, it won't be John Gibson because John Gibson yeah, has no fucking interest in playing here and he's got a no trade clause. So Yeah, I know. But like I mean guys say that all the time, then mysteriously all of a sudden they move. Yeah. To their you know, the area they don't want to go. Like you're telling me John Gibson as an American doesn't get an allure to play with Austin Matthews. No, I don't I actually don't think he gives a shit. I don't know. I think I think if I think greatness attracts people. For sure. Uh, but again, this is neither not even the topic. We're getting a huge digression. But Matt Murray, I don't know, man. Like, is he better than Campbell? He was previously on, you know, Pittsburgh, which is an infinitely better team than Ottawa, which the Leafs are an infinitely better team than Ottawa is currently constituted. So you would have to think that maybe that was the issue. Um, you could also say that maybe the issue was made possibly in his head when he got dealt from Pittsburgh, a place that he won two cups and you know how that all went down that maybe just rattled him a little bit, you know, and the Leafs have apparently invested all this money into their sports psychology department and their health and wellness departments and things like that. So I don't know. I feel like the opportunity and the resources for him to become what he was is there. And now it's really just up to him. And I mean, for literally potentially not having to give up a thing, like maybe a coupon book to ACC, like you get 15% off concessions for a year. Like, Well, cool. here's, here's the thing. And I know that narrative has been thrown around a lot. And on the surface, you're right. They didn't give up anything. Like we were joking about the Gatorade and the bucket of pucks and, and the coupons of what they end up giving the Ottawa Senators. But in order for this trade to happen, in order for them to have the cap space to do this, they had to trade Peter Morazic and a first-round pick. Right? Like, that. this doesn't happen unless Morazic gets moved. So if yeah, you but- add that into the conversation, the Leafs didn't give up nothing. They gave up Morazic and a first. So they didn't, I mean, we're getting... But then then that degree, though, you can say that every trade ever made by any team is, you know, involved, like, you never do this if you don't do this five years ago. But it wasn't five years ago, it was a few days ago. No, I know, but, like, it was a shallow draft, right? Like, it's, like, that trade was directly to be situational to get out from a goalie that can't stay healthy, that clearly wasn't committed to his health at all. And well, we don't know that. I mean, guys that consistently get that hurt, it's most likely because they're just not taking care of themselves properly off the ice either. <laughs> oh, it's not necessarily fair to Morazic. I, I feel like the guy's probably trying to get back in there. <laughs> I don't know. Guys got groins of glass. <laughs> The the thing Perhaps. is, like, I understand, I understand the first round pick thing, but let me, I'm going to ask you a question. 
If the Leafs had pick 25, or sorry, let's say the Leafs had pick 32, and Chicago had pick 33, and they swapped those picks for Morazic to go to Chicago, would you have felt the same way? That's a first rounder for a second rounder. They gave up a first rounder. They moved 13 spots. It's not it's not the same as giving up 25 and, and not getting anything back. It was only 13 spots. And like you said, a shallow draft. And the word on the street was that the guy that the Leafs had planned to draft got taken. So the pick wasn't as meaningful to them at that point in time. And they had they could at that point pick from a pool of guys uh at at 38 so to me again like people will say it's a first round pick yeah i mean yes it is technically but like so would trading 32 for 33 right that's trading into the second round so um the thing with matt murray and, and jack campbell matt murray was actually better than jack campbell last season until murray got roasted by tampa and arizona which at one point he had like a 941 save percentage. And then after getting roasted by Tampa and Arizona, he went down to a 912. So in 26 games, and this from January 1st to the end of the season, Jack Campbell had a 327 goals against average and an 893 save percentage. Matt Murray in the same stretch while on a shitty Senators team in his 14 games before getting roasted had a 295 and a 912. In 18 games last season, Matt Murray was elite. And then he got roasted by Tampa and Arizona. May I remind you, what other NHL team got roasted by both Arizona and Tampa last year? Toronto. The Toronto Maple Leafs got absolutely roasted by those two teams at one point. So the idea that Jack Campbell is somehow incrementally better than Matt Martin is or Matt Martin, Matt Murray. He's incrementally better than Matt Martin, but Matt Murray is, is false. And he tore it up in the AHL. He was lights out when he got sent down. So I think what it comes down to again, Ottawa can't afford to pay this man 6 million real dollars and the contracts backloaded. So it's actually more like seven, seven and a half, I think. Um, in real in real cash uh and the leaves can um there and to be honest like would you take a shot at jack because everyone's like why don't you pay jack campbell five million if you're paying murray 4.7 retained you're not paying jack campbell five million you're paying jack campbell five million over five fucking years i'm not making that commitment I would much rather pay Murray 4.7 for two and reassess my situation than pay Jack Campbell, who arguably is the same gamble, if not not as good a gamble, because Jack hasn't won in the playoffs. Murray has two cups. Yeah, he split one of them with Flurry, but Pittsburgh chose Flurry because they didn't want to pay Flurry, or they chose uh, Murray because they didn't want to play Flurry money. And then they did the same thing, choosing Jari, because they didn't want to pay Murray money because they knew coming off two cup wins, the guy was going to ask for $6 million. So, I don't know. I mean, is there, are there questions about his health? Yeah. You know, like Maddie said, they got psychologists in there now, which is like Toronto has an infinitely better medical team across the board. Uh, they've got Curtis Sanford, who's the goalie coach that worked with Thatcher Demko, who asked and gave his stamp of approval on Matt Murray. 
So, I mean, dude, am I confident? Am, do I think this is a move that Stanley Cup winning teams go, go make? Not necessarily. But I think Dubas is in that room and he's saying to people, but if it works. If it works, he's a genius. If it doesn't, he's a fucking moron. But that's where we are. And I mean, would you would you would you have traded for Cam Talbot at thirty five? That's the question that I was actually gonna ask you guys of how you feel about how you feel about the Matt Murray deal after seeing Cam Talbot get traded. Would you rather have Cam Talbot on this team right now or Matt Murray? I mean Talbot kind of carried Minnesota until they got Marc Andre Fleury and then was backseated real quick, right? Which which is fascinating because you're right. Like yeah. Cam Talbot played very well, yeah. And I know he, yeah, you're right. He's 36 years old or whatever, but he's less money, mm-hmm. and he played real well last year. True. Yeah. How, how many how many playoff series has Cam Talbot won? Uh probably in the course of his career, three. If that, how many cups does Cam Talbot have? Cam Talbot does not have any cups, as far as I know. Who was the last goalie to beat Andre Vasilevsky in a game seven? Is, is the answer Matt Murray? It is. It is absolutely. No, like that's 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 reaching. Like I point, know. I'm just, just I'm making light of the situation. Yeah, I'm but making light I of the think, situation. I think, like I said, if it works, it works, and everyone is gonna. That shit talked it, me included, will shut up real quick. Well, like here's if, the thing. But hold on. It, but if it doesn't work, like what's the risk? That's what I'm saying. It's not a death. It's not a death sentence. Jack Campbell it's not at like five he years went out and signed someone for ten million dollars and no. has like crippled his salary cap, or he went out and traded for like Carey Price, who's making ten million dollars on the books for the next five years, and Carey Price may never be the same guy ever again. This is a two-year deal for a guy making less than $5 million a season. And I don't know if there's anyone on the free agency that's available other than like Holtby that you could bring in that's going to be less than $4 million. And he's going to retire. Who, Holtby? He might retire. Well, then your options are Dustin Tokarski, as you were talking about earlier. (laughs) I wonder if this is honestly just... this. Maybe this is me getting off the whatever but i wonder if this is just due his posturing for free agency in a couple years like if he's just like hey 2023 2024 type years that's when we can really go for it because like i mean at that point you have to resign matthews so your books are going to be pretty clean when his contract's up and you know that's if you want to keep them it's a blank check it's literally like we'll pay you the max allowable 18% under the cap, fine, gone. Nylander's money comes off. You try and run it through as long as you can. If it works, great. You won and succeeded. If not, then his money comes off and you can use that money allocated to guys like Jonathan Huberto who are coming up or Matt Dumba's coming up or even, you know, Sean Monaghan might be worth the risk as like your second or third line center at that point, right? Like there's a lot of guys coming up in the next year or two that I wonder if this is just a, if it works, cool. If not, then we're ready for big dipping. Well, so I mean, it's not a death sentence. And I think that's the, 
the key here and it, i mean go look yeah like you said go look at the other goaltenders that are left or look at options they might have had i honestly don't think he predicted Vili huso being traded to detroit pre-free agency uh vanacek went to new jersey if right you, okay so if you look at the free agents and i'm just sorting by the largest cap hit from the previous <clears throat> year so darcy kemper is your number one available option, Knocking, but Kemper is probably going to make north of five million dollars, so it's north that's of six, not an option. probably. Probably north of six. You're right. Yeah, uh, second, second on the list again. This is sorted by cap hit, so it might be a little odd. But second on the list is Thomas Grice. I don't. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants Thomas Grice, so we'll move on from that. Braden Holpe, who, I mean, at one point his career was stellar, but lately has not been good. Uh, Ilya Samsonov did not get a qualifying offer, so that's an interesting option. They yeah, might kick he's tires. Be getting, yeah, he, he's going to get paid. He's he'll a get a phone call. Dubis will, fall, Dubis will call, but I think he'll be outpriced of what they need. And then other than that, you have Martin Jones, Jack Campbell, uh, and Big Dick Dave Riddich. Which Who we tried. The, the experiment. Has already, yeah, we've already gone down that road. And I mean, Yaroslav Halak is available. And maybe he's I the mean, guy that does the backup at, on a $1 million. I don't know. And do you feel more comfortable with him than Shulgren or Wall? <clears throat> maybe. I mean, I might. The interesting thing, I I don't understand why they didn't get Ottawa to retain 50%. And I was listening to the TSN Overdrive show on the way to my brothers today. And they were saying that they told every team that they're only retaining 25%. Here's my thing. Keep them. Fuck fuck you then. Like if every team is if every team is telling you no, then you're going to have to pay the man or you're going to have to buy him out, which is going to cost you more. Like if you do the math, it would have costed them more to buy him out than to retain 50%. So, I fully believe they've could have forced the hand to the 50%, maybe part of the 25% retain was getting those draft pick assets back which hey great a third round pick is nothing to shake a fist at like it's sure it's a scratch ticket but they've been great we went through the draft the other day third round picks some of them were fantastic so and then the other piece is i I don't know why they didn't look at san jose san jose has three nhl goaltenders one of which you well two of which used to be leafs but in reimer and dell but they also have capo kakinen who was supposed to be Minnesota's incumbent that they traded away or, or let go. So I'm sure he could have been had. Um, so there yeah, there is it, an interesting option at the bottom of this list that I'm looking at, like right at the bottom. This person would be cheap. This person is only 29 years old. This person had a 1.86 goals against and a 936 save percentage last year. In how many games? In one game, but that's not the point. <laughs> it's David Ayers. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, the person I'm talking about is Garrett Sparks. No. No, that guy's a fucking <laughs> head case. Hey, man, 936, 8%. Or so. No, man, that guy cries on fucking Hockey Night in Canada interviews post-game. Fuck off. Um, Aaron Dell is uh, available as well, if you're interested. No. Oh, I thought I thought he was signed to San Jose, so... He is not. I mean, according to this list, he's on Buffalo. Oh, San Jose so. has, sorry, Aiden Hill. They have Aiden that Hill. That makes more sense. Aiden Hill, Arendelle. 
whatever. I'm not going to lie. The free agents of 2023 for attendees is really rough. That's what but I'm that, getting at. Like, that's what we're saying. That's like, why this people Matt are Murray trying, thing. yeah, are trying to secure their own goaltenders. And like you said, two years of Matt Murray, if he's okay, if he's average at best, the Leafs need goaltending like the Jays need pitching. Like, if you could just be average at this point, that's all you need. Like, people are like, oh my God, what if the Leafs don't even make the playoffs if with Murray? Buddy, you literally made the playoffs and beat teams with fucking Swiss cheese Jack Campbell from January to the end of the season. The guy was basically a, a standee in front of old school OG HMV, and we still won. So, you know... Like, that argument doesn't fly with me. They're going to make the playoffs. And Matt Murray's won in the playoffs. Something Jack Campbell has not done. Also, Jack Campbell was a career backup up until he got here at, at 30 years old. So, again, I, it's, I think for Dubas, as a devil you know, right? Like, he could go out there and get a Vanacek. He goes, fuck all about Vanacek. He knows Matt Murray. And also, listen, the thing Matt Murray's been saying today when he was talking him, he lost his dad in 2018. And apparently it shook him up real bad. Um, but him and his dad used to watch Leaf games together. Like, Matt Murray has the passion. Like, that is that is what they've been trying to do. They've been trying to find the players that actually want to be Maple Leafs beyond just the funds. And, you know, Michael Bunting wants to be a Maple Leaf. Like, Scarborough represent. Bars. John Tavares, Wayne Simmons, like, you know, these are guys who want to play here and that's the difference. And I think you don't think Matt Murray's dude, a goalie who wants to play in Toronto. That is fucking wild, right? Like, think about that. Most of the guys well, are Campbell like, Campbell wanted to. Right. But again, like Freddie Anderson hated the fucking media to the point where he was like, oh, fucking whatever. Like, and you know so to be fair i would hate the media too i wouldn't want to do that bullshit either right so for a guy to act and you're the goalie you're the linchpin you're the guy who's in there most nights by yourself all game to say yeah i want to do that the dude's got a set of balls goalies are weird dudes yes they are yeah they're fucking weird dudes so we've all played with weird fucking goalies (laughs) but uh so i'm not Again, I'm not sitting here going, this is the best move. Like, no. It's sketchy as fuck. But if it pays off, yee! Right? Like, and if it doesn't, you're in no better shape than you were when you left. That's the thing. I think that's the bow that we Or no worse shape, sorry. Yeah. The, it's, it's a risk, but it's a low, it's a low risk. Like, if, it's low risk and high reward. If it works out, you look like a million bucks. If it doesn't work out, what were your other options? Like, you didn't have better options. It's not like they had screwed up their asset management along the way. The Maple Leafs haven't had a serious number one goaltender since Curtis Joseph. Like, what are we at talking Belfort, about? I think at Belfort, even. He was after. I guess Belfort would have been after Joseph. Yeah, so Ed Belfort would have been the last time that they had a serious and they haven't drafted number one goaltender or developed one in for fucking ages. 
Well, Pop I mean, they, they, did, they did draft Tuka Rask, so you got to give him credit for that. I said and develop, sir. <laughs> oh, okay. But, like, Fair and enough. that's where all these people are like, Shister, at least don't have a Shisterk and Vesel. Dude, these are guys, even Ilya Sorokin, like, these are Thatcher Demko, like, these are guys that are drafted and, and developed by their teams. Like, it's not... You know, it's going out there and buying goaltending isn't isn't super easy. And I, I go look at Darcy Kemper's stats, by the way. No, uh, they're so, not stellar, but no, so average, good. and they won a cup. So, you know, and Vasilevsky, what were his stats? Didn't win a cup. Like it doesn't those things. You know, you just you just need to get on a heater, and this is a guy last year for eighteen games was on a heater, and that's what. 25% of the season? Well, speaking of picking up some momentum, a team that can really use some momentum right now is the Toronto Blue Jays, who have lost a ton of games in their last ton of games. It, it almost seems like the majority of their games they have lost over the past little while. Uh, one of the benefits of being the Toronto Blue Jays is that you play in Canada. So anytime the American teams come up here to play a home game, we find out who is unvaccinated. Earlier in the in the season, uh, it was incredibly strange that when the Seattle Mariners came up to Toronto, that Robbie Ray was not joining the team, and that was because he's unvaccinated and he was not able to enter the country. And as the Philadelphia Phillies fly into Toronto for this uh, this week's series, we found out that Kyle Gibson, Aaron Nola, Alec Bohm, and JT Realmuto are all unvaccinated and will not be joining the Phillies. So, benefit there is that the Blue Jays get to play the Phillies, who are a decent ball club, without a lot of their best players. Some of their all-stars, essentially. Uh, James, you have the audio of what JT Realmuto said, and I think we should play it just because it's worth hearing him say it himself. So this is was uh, JT Realmuto when questioned about um, him not being vaccinated and what that means for his team and why he chose what he did. And I, I wasn't going to take it just because I was told to, basically. So mm-hmm. Even if it meant not missing? Because you're going to forfeit a good amount of salary. Yeah, but I mean, what's, what's, what's money when I'm not going to let Canada tell me what I do and don't put in my body? For a little bit of money, it's just, just not worth it. So that was JT Rimoto, uh talking about how he's not vaccinated and does not plan to be vaccinated and will be sitting at home during this series when they come up to Toronto because he doesn't want Canada to tell him what to do with his body. So there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, first of all, um, as I think it's worth mentioning, as a vaccinated person, I do not give a flying fuck if you're vaccinated or not. I do whatever you want, your body, I don't give a shit. Um, but in this situation where your team kind of needs you and, you know, you're kind of hurting your team by not getting an injection in your arm, it's kind of odd, but you know what, whatever, man, do what you want to do. Um, the, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but like just hearing the American accent when he says Canada, just, Canada, Canada, just makes me, it, it just adds a level of like douchebaggery to it where it just seems like there's this air of ignorance in his voice, where he doesn't... I am willing to guarantee you that JT Realmuto has no idea that all the Blue Jays are vaccinated, specifically for this reason. Like, it's not a Canada thing. It's an international travel thing. Yeah, it goes back and forth. 
Right. Like every single Blue Jay has to be vaccinated or they wouldn't be able to play 81 home games or 81 away games. Like, so I don't know if that was, and I, I mean, I'm reading into what the way he said things. So maybe he's aware of this. Dude, there's like, nothing. I'm, that's just the, there's nothing more arrogant. You said arrogant, but there's nothing more arrogant than the comment we didn't play where he said, I'm a healthy 31 year old athlete and I've had COVID twice and it wasn't so bad. And the doc, like, look at that's not the point. Little, yeah. Like not realizing like, yes, you will be fine, but you may spread it to your teammates. You dumb fuck. Like that is the point. It's not about like saving your life. Because, yes, you are a 31-year-old professional athlete. If you get COVID, like he has had a number of times, you will most likely be fine. Ask Brandon and Sutter. Ask Brandon Sutter what... Dude, no one's heard from Brandon Sutter since he got COVID. That man has, has not didn't play a hockey game. He is laid up. And I think he's probably dealing with, like, long COVID uh, symptoms. And he's probably, like, his lungs are probably fucked. And that's probably why you haven't heard him. The best thing is, though, is you're like, you're hurting your teammates. The second tweet under this video on Twitter comes from SDS72959. I don't know. Oh, is this about the the Hispanic players? No, it says, have you seen JT play this year? Him playing has cost them more than him not play. (laughs) No, but that is pretty funny. But what I was getting at was every single, I said Hispanic, I meant Caribbean. Every single Caribbean player that is on this team would have had to have been vaccinated to enter the United States. So yeah. he's saying to his teammates, get Canada. Like, like you guys have to abide by this to play on the team, but I don't have to, because I don't want to. It's just a, and again, like we're Blue Jays fans. We don't give a shit what he does. I mean, generally speaking, I don't give a shit what he does, Dude, but this, be, this benefits Blue Jays. Canada's the, not telling, Canada's not telling him that he has to get vaccinated. They're not telling him what to put in his arm. They're not. They're telling him he can't come in if he doesn't. They're whether not telling he wants him to, whether he does it or not is up to him. Yeah. But this is what happens if you don't. They're they're not saying, "Hey, JT, you must put this vaccine in your arm or die." No, they're saying you like, dude. If I say like, you can only come into my house if you take your shoes off, and you're like, "Fuck that, I'm wearing my shoes." I'm like, "Get the fuck out of my house!" Like that's yeah. my rules, my house. Now, there's also the other bit of this uh, conversation, or another bit of the quote that he said, I should say. And I'm paraphrasing this, but basically what he said was, uh, it's not worth the little bit of money that it's going to cost me. What a and again, piece of shit. And again, that's not like <laughs> exactly what he said, but that's kind of the what he meant by what he said. It's not worth the money that it's going to cost me to not go and play in this series. Because I, I think because that came up where the, the, the members of the media said to him, like, well, this is going to cost you not going. Because if you don't end up playing in these series, you sit at home and the team doesn't pay you. So whatever you would have been paid for this uh, three-game set, I think it is in Toronto, it might be four, it doesn't matter. Whatever this series is, you don't get paid that amount. And he said, ah, it's a little bit of money. Who cares? It's not worth it. Do you know how much money it is? A couple hundred K. It's $262,000 that he will not get for not playing in Toronto. That's more than some people will see in five years of their life. And that is the disconnect right. and the tone deafness of this. I mean, obviously, there's, it's already tone deaf with the way he's so flippantly uh, disregarding a, a vaccination that has saved lives of millions of people. But it's also the fact that he is 
the entitled. So, so entitled. It's a great word. How entitled he is that he thinks, ah, two hundred sixty thousand dollars. Who gives a shit? That's nothing. That's pocket change. Well, yeah, and and given the current state of the world with inflation and people literally having to choose between gas or you know getting to work or all this shit, and he's just like, yeah, whatever. It's only two hundred fifty. Like it's so like privileged and fucking entitled he's the type of person you just want to take a bat right across the fucking head to listen there's i'm not in this city there's people in this city that are actively making a decision to eat or to pay rent yeah. yes i'm not uh i'm not wishing ill on the guy like i would never do that to somebody but oh, i will the man got hit by a bus <laughs> i wouldn't necessarily be like ah Poor moron. Like I, I don't think I would lose sleep if this. Like I would definitely. I, shoot, I don't. I would, I would want him. Listen, I don't want to end him. But like you know, full body cast with the legs on the strings, where you look like a puppet in the bed, <laughs> and they got the only the eye slit, like in Seinfeld when the the George, where he's like I won, uh, like the fake George or whatever his name is. Um. Yeah, that's what I want. I want him like like that with the cast. But so not dead. Here, here's the thing. And I don't know what happens to that salary. I don't know if the Phillies just keep it. and They, they fucking you know. keep it. They're a corporation. They keep it. What they should do. The money that's supposed to be paid to Real Muto. The money that's supposed to be paid to... Uh, it was Alex Bohm was also one of them. Aaron Nola, Kyle Gibson. All the money that should have been paid to these players. We're probably talking about a half million dollars. I think they should donate it to a local... Philadelphia hospital that may be overrun with COVID because of players like this. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. No, that's maybe something we need to talk to the Philadelphia Phillies at. Uh, James, get on the phone. Uh, call up our contacts at the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> listen. And let them know that we <laughs> let them know that we think. Listen, they should Philadelphia donate this money Philly? to a local Philadelphia hospital. What's they his should. name? What's the mascot's name again? The Philly. The Philly fanatic. The Philly fanatic. Philly fanatic. Mister fanatic. Can you just wait, take wait, would, it, the, would it be Philly in the middle name Fan and last name Attic? So would it be like Mr. Mr. Attic? Mr. Phil Attic? Can you uh can you just take the uh Philadelphia Phillies debit card and take out half a million dollars, please? Sure, you got it, no problem, James. Uh, on the account of these dumb morons. Like I said, the moron thing isn't whether you choose to get vaccinated or not. At this point, that's not the moron thing. The moron thing is is your approach to it. Like, the the best thing he could have done is shut the fuck up. And just be like, yeah, no, I'm not vaccinated and those are the rules. Cool. Mm. Like, next question. Barry Bonds, next question. Like, don't you don't have to you don't have to make dumb fuck comments. It's kinda like it's kinda like the whole LBGTQ two plus thing with the Marlins. Was the Marlins? Yeah. Uh, uh, no, it was no, the Tampa Bay Rays. Rays. Dude, like they say, short, simple. Like, don't don't try and convolute it and come out the fucking guy. Don't try and be the man, because you're not the man, dude. You're not the man. How many people? How many people look up jersey sales for the MLB? Where does JT Real Muto rank in jersey sales? I'll tell you, probably near the fucking bottom. Yeah. Um, I wonder if on the Phillies, he might be one of the top ones, actually. I said MLB, sir. No, but I mean, if I go to, like, Major League Baseball shop, 
And usually when you go to the Major League Baseball shop and click on a particular team, like it'll only give you a few options of this. Like if you go to the Blue Jays, it's like you can just get a Guerrero or Bichette jersey. If you go to the Angels, you can only get like a Shohei Otani or Mike Trout jersey. Last year. So I'm going to go last year to the Philadelphia. Hold on. I'm just going to click on the Philadelphia Phillies shop. Okay. And they give me Bryce Harper and they give me Reese Hoskins. See? <laughs> so yeah. Who the- maybe. Last year's top 10 jersey sales. Number one, Mookie Betts. Number two, Fernando Tatis. Number three, Ronald Acuna Jr. Number four, Javier Baez. Number five, Clayton Kershaw. Number six, Cody Bellinger. Number seven, Aaron Judge. Number eight, Corey Seager. Number nine, Shohei Otani. Number 10, Nolan Arenado. I don't see JP Real Muto. JP Real disappointed that he ain't on that list. All right? The guy's a fucking, like, B plus at best. There actually is Real Muto, Real Muto jerseys available on the On page. what, so AliExpress? Thir- he- I'm looking <laughs> at MLB Shop. He is the third option. So your number one option is Bryce Harper and then right. uh, Reese Hoskins and then JT Real Muto. So yeah. that's actually uh, very high considering his position. He's a catcher. That's not normal for a catcher to be in the top three of that team. But you're right. Like in terms of all of Major League Baseball, how like is like it's Bryce Harper probably number one on this team? Afterthought. So you ain't the man. No, he is not. Um, no. In the in the famous words of Jim Cornette, and actually I think Jim Cornette might have stole this from someone else. But basically, the line is: it's best to keep your mouth shut and let everyone assume that you're an idiot. Then open your mouth and remove all doubt. Remove all doubt. Yeah, that he stole it from somebody, but that is definitely Probably. the truth. And this guy needs to get that tattooed on his lower back. Now, someone who has been doing a good job of keeping their mouth shut um, is Mr. One Vince McMahon. And we had talked about this story a few weeks ago. And uh, I mean, the original story that came out in the Wall Street Journal was that Vince McMahon had paid $3 million in hush money, essentially, to a former employee after developing a physical relationship with this person. That's kind of the Coles notes of it. It's all in the Wall Street Journal if you want to read up on the situation. But the fallout of that was twofold. One, he had stepped down temporarily, stepped down as CEO of WWE. And secondly the board was going to continue their investigation into potentially other uh, non-disclosure agreements that could have been similar in scope to the uh, $3 million that was paid to this former uh, paralegal, I think was the title. Well, uh, this past week, the Wall Street Journal has since published another report, and it now details that $12 million to four women over the past 16 years to essentially pay for their silence, alleged uh, sexual misconduct and whatever, sexual misconduct, we'll just say. So now the number has gone up from $3 million to $12 million. I'm not entirely clear if it's $3 million included in this $12 million, but regardless, $12 million has been paid to at least four women to silence them on this, you know, going on. So it brings up two interesting questions. One, It's kind of like when someone gets pulled over for drunk driving and you're like, damn, that sucks. But how many times had they been driving drunk until they finally got pulled over? So the four people 
and the twelve million dollars that was paid is that the tip of the iceberg, or is that the totality of this whole situation? Second question: What's he paying for silence for? What do they know, or what did he do, or? And I, obviously, we can't speculate too deeply on it, but you understand what I'm trying to get at here: is yeah. like, what is he paying for? Because is he paying because uh, he? I mean, he's married to Linda. I mean, I think we've all known that his marriage with Linda has been like a sham. For Dude, the past they haven't had years. sex probably in like sixty years for real, and that man is seventy. Right? Like, I mean, as far as and as someone who's completely removed from this situation, I don't know Vince McMahon personally, but. I was well aware that Linda McMahon was living in a completely different establishment. Like she did not live with Vince McMahon. She was working for Donald Trump living in like Florida, whereas Vince McMahon was on the road and living in Connecticut. Like they were living in completely different parts of the country for a number of years. She hasn't worked at WWE for a number of years. So I don't think he's paying these women to not tell his wife. Like I'm sure she's well aware of the situation. So what is he and like, paying for? An affair is like, nut. <laughs> uh, an affair is not like the optic damaging thing that I think it would have been, right? So I think it, I think it is because it was, it, it's 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 boss employee dynamic, and I think that's where it becomes problematic because he was the boss, and it was with a bunch of at the time employees, one of which we know was talent. Now. Um, yeah, according to this new Washington, uh, sorry, it's Washington Journal, um, Wall Street Journal, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> according to this new Wall Street Journal uh, post, yes, you're right. It was a, one of the four women was mentioned to be a former talent, as it were. And it's not hard to decipher who that person is. I'm not going to name their name, but, you know, with a little bit of math and a little bit of common sense, one can figure, figure that out. Um, it's i don't know anymore man it's like it's like wwe is the grandest stage of them all but when it comes down to it they're still fucking shindy like that is the most shindy thing where like the promoter sleeps with the talent and then if they don't do whatever they don't get booked like that's the most shindy fucking thing so like it's i don't know man it's at this point, fucking sell the company. Nick Khan runs it to whoever buys it. Like, the more that this happens, I can only imagine that the sell price of this is probably going to deteriorate. So, I don't know, man. And it's and that's the interesting thing here is where, uh, you, like, as you mentioned, the infidelity of it doesn't matter anymore. Like, it doesn't, like, in terms of, in 2022 it's not as damaging to the company as it would be previously but what's going to start being damaging is if television partners start pulling out if nbc universal all of a sudden says i don't want to be a part of this anymore yeah if fox says i don't want to be a part of this anymore then you've lost 60 percent of your operating revenue and your Listen, board will not be Fox. Fox will never not want to be a part of it. They got fucking Tucker Carlson. They'll they'll put yeah. WWE on twenty four hours a day, seven days a week if they could. Um, but with, the lion's share of the money is coming from NBC Universal, so that's going to be the the domino that falls for Vince McMahon to fall. If if NBC Universal doesn't make a big deal about this and this just gets swept under the rug, then Vince McMahon will continue to be the CEO of this company. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put something out there. Chris Jericho. Def- 
like kind of half defended this saying like what he did might have been immoral but it's not illegal right and he's right right like it's not illegal he's not gonna go to jail for it necessarily unless what he paid them to be quiet about was something super debaucherous um or if he's using company funds inappropriately which i guess technically still isn't illegal but it's definitely uh a misuse of hit not his money but here's the thing it's legal to have relations with a 16 year old girl in the uk but is it still morally okay to book that man for a show uh, i know exactly what you're referring to and um so to add to that and i don't want to mention any names <laughs> but to add to that um yes it is legal to enter into a consensual adult activity with a 16 year old in the uk but supposedly the story goes that this uh 16 year old was drunk so a um they're not supposed to be drinking at that age anyways and where they got the alcohol from is probably from the person who ended up having the sexual relationship with them. And B, if you are drunk, you are not physically able to opt into a consensual act. Yeah. So, so that's the other two layers to that. So, yeah. But what I'm saying is regardless of whether it's legal or not, like there, there's the morality sometimes exists outside of legality. And I think, you know, whatever Chris Jericho or, or the people have defended him or half defended him want to say, like it, it doesn't absolve again. We've talked about this. Correct me if I'm wrong. It doesn't absolve you from the act. It absolves you from legal ramification. And I think we talked about this when we talked about like court of public opinion, right? Like, yes, there are still ramifications for your actions. And I think, you know, seeing Mickey James's tweet where she's like, what did she say? Something like, I guess that's why I got cut or something. It was something to that effect. She was like, oh, I guess that's why I didn't get booked or whatever yeah. the case. But alluding to the fact that she, she refused to have a physical relationship with Vince McMahon. And therefore, that may have led to her, you know, her position in the company. And to be clear, and I because we threw out a couple names there, uh, Chris Jericho is not... <laughs> Uh, involved in any of this. Uh, no. Chris Jericho was defending. Uh, James is referring to uh, an independent wrestler in the UK who was accused of a number of things and has now uh, resurfaced and is taking indie bookings. And we His are, name rhymes with Farty Burl. Right. So there's there's that. And yeah, it's... it's and I said this on Twitter earlier this week where it's not hard to just not book shitty people. <laughs> Like whether whether you think that this person uh, did what like it, it was wrongfully accused in some way, I mean it's still messed up. And however you want to look at it, it's messed up. And it's immoral, regardless of legality. Associated with that, right? It's like, here's the problem though with the WWE example, you can't unbook the boss. No, in fact, the boss is doing the booking. So therein and lies therein the, lies the problem. <laughs> Matty, do you have a That's, do you have a take on this? I don't know. You guys are talking a lot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like fucking. He's a seventy-year-old man with a lot of money, and he's white and empowered. What else do you expect at this point? Like, that's really all you can say, right? Like, that's par for the course. And it's just like the guys. I mean, are we surprised? No. I mean, I think I'm more surprised that so far it's only four. 
but and that's I'm oh, go ahead and I got I can imagine that we're probably going to see many more similar to like when Tiger Woods with Rachel, you could tell. And then it's like, Oh, is there a relationship with Rachel? You could tell. And then this other porn star was like, Oh, me too. And then me too. And then me too. And then turns out Tiger was, you know, had a roster. So, so you bring up a good point. Like you're like, does it surprise anybody? No, but that goes back to what Dustin's point was about. Then why pay? Like if if it's not really gonna surprise anyone, that because you're not because like, because he's not paying for the lack of scandal, he's paying for the protection of business. Yeah, if he thinks optically right, like, it's that damaging, but I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't know that a, an affair or twelve would be that damaging. Well, that's think- that's what that's that's what I'm getting at. Like, so it's I don't think the affair is damaging. I don't think. His relationship with these people—it's the is circumstances. Damn, yes, exactly. Potentially, potentially, yes, and especially the one where they're talking about the former talent who had to do certain things to him in order to keep her spot, and when she stopped doing it, all of a sudden she was let go. And that's you know that's that bad. could be illegal, that's really bad. Well, that could be illegal, right? That's wrongful termination. So, yeah. and I I'm mean, sure, and yeah, I'm sure there's also. It's yeah, that, also sexual assault. You're right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, but but then you think about there. think about the roster, and Maddie, you can attest to this too because this was more your era. Think about the roster from, and listen, the the WWE's first woman's ref, I think, was one of the people who came out and said, like, she was one of the first people to be, like, or at least one of the first people who came out and said, like, she was a victim of Vince McMahon. Right. Think about the roster. And how it was constructed 1998 through 2008, maybe even 2018, and the type of content that they pushed out, right? The, like from, from the Attitude Era to even when Bischoff was GM of Raw and they did the whole HLA hot lesbian action shit. Think about yeah. the place that that comes from. And the culture potentially behind it, right? Like, it's it, it's it's scary to think th- that how many of those performers could have been under the assumption of if you want to make it here and make a buck, like fucking bend over, right? Like you gotta suck Vinny's dick, right? Like that's. That's a, like think about how much, and I'm not saying they're all necessarily victims, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they were all proposed, right? Yeah. I, I would not surprise Pro- me if every single one of them. Prospected in a way. Yeah, every single one of them wasn't. Hey, if you really want to, if you really want to get a spot here and and make, you know, make sure you make the real money for a long time. And think about the stuff he did in the ring. The entire Trish Stratus stuff was pretty was like looking back on it now i mean at the time a young 14 year old kid 15 year old kid i'm like this is amazing but like as a grown-ass adult i'm like this is kind of grody and then you think about even dude even oh, even the stuff he used to do with his kid weren't they gonna do weren't they gonna do an incest storyline with steph and vince 
there was supposedly a, an idea that was pitched something between Stephanie and Vince. And the Trish Stratus thing you're talking about where he treated her like a dog or like made her bark and stuff and like yeah. and the 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 storyline is that he's a he's your boss and you have to do whatever he says and he's selling, telling you to take your clothes off and he's telling you to bark like a dog now and like so based on art imitates a lot of life stuff that came out art imitates based, life exactly based on a lot of things that have come out in this wall street journal report is it has a lot of um and we're not you know, we're not narrative we're not pointing finger at, at trish being potentially a, a victim or whatever i'm just saying like inspiration comes from somewhere um and it just is very damaging to look back at some of this stuff and, be, and under under a different lens and you know like i get that can be a little bit of a false positive too to like with current speculative information go back and look at something however again if you buy drugs at a house chances are everybody in that house does drugs right like i it's just one of those things that i don't i can't i don't look at the content now and believe that it's only four people and that's it like there were a lot of female talent that went in there in and out like a lot of very attractive female talent that went in and out of there I just I don't see it stopping at five. Like it just it doesn't. Like a guy with that much money, that much power. The guy literally the guy the guy went out every week and was like, check out my grapefruits. Like look at my balls. Like they're so big. That was, like that was his thing. And his the other thing too is he got off on degrading everything and anything around him. That was the thing. He fucking he wore a do rag with the ECW title and walked out to degrade that company. That's why he did it. He degraded WCW when he purchased it because they were his competition, and he was like, "I'm gonna make fun of this thing," to the point where it's meaningless. <laughs> did you see that meme that was floating around? Of it's like it. Remember that shot on Monday Night Raw where it was Vince. And Shane, so like yeah. Vince is on like one screen on Monday Night Raw. The name on the contract on says McMahon. Exactly. And so it was exactly that moment. But instead of it being Vince and Shane, it was Vince and Tony Khan. <laughs> it was like the name on the contract says Khan. <laughs> but it's not Nick. <laughs> but not not Nick Khan. Yeah. Tony Khan. <laughs> yeah, well, Tony might have some... Uh, some significantly less competition soon like yeah, who knows what's going to happen if they sell and stuff so but this is not good for a sale i don't imagine uh, you know so anywho that's well, fucked yeah we shall see um i'm sure a week from now we'll have another update on the vince mcmahon story or hopefully not i mean hopefully that is the end of this but and he gets removed from the company but well we'll have to wait and see but we did last week say that we wanted to end on a high note going forward because we always end up having these ridiculous heavy conversations at the end of the podcast so we are returning to a familiar segment if you are familiar with james and i's previous podcast it is called shout outs Yes, ah. shout out the, uh, the sweet sound segment of Maven Huffman's theme music. Maven's theme was a banger, and maybe that's where the first shout out needs to go is to Maven. But uh, eliminated no, the Undertaker have... at the Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a big moment with the uh, drop kick to the Undertaker. Good stuff.
good stuff. But uh, shout outs. Basically, it's just a quick moment where James, Maddie, and myself will all pick one person or thing or whatever and shout it out and say, this was cool because of this, or they are cool because of this. James, we'll start with you. Yeah, it's a moment of reflection. It's a moment to look back on, on the week that was and and give people uh, kudos for something. It can be funny. It can be real. It can be whatever the fuck you want. That's the whole point. So my shout out this week goes to the one and only, the king of New York now, the <laughs> man who so apropos played for the BYU Cougars, my, my quarterback, <laughs> My teammate, my quarterback, your quarterback, number two in the in the program, but number one in your hearts, Zach Wilson. Now, if you throwing didn't hear... Throwing bombs and banging moms. <laughs> throwing bombs and banging moms. Now, if you didn't hear about what happened to Zach Wilson, it's actually kind of a heartbreaking story a little bit. So the story goes, Zach Wilson's girlfriend was cheating, a speculation, I don't know 100%, but this is the... This is the the word on the street zach wilson's girlfriend was cheating with his best friend and is now in a relationship with his with former best friend dax milne or milna whatever a wide receiver for the commanders played with him at byu and someone on her instagram a picture of them or something called her a homie hopper which i think is the best fucking term a homie <laughs> hopper uh and she responded with yeah well someone should ask him about banging his mom's best friend which yeah like dude he instantly became a legend like everybody started backing zach because they were like this dude dealt with a girl who and listen it's entirely possible he was cheating on his girlfriend with his mom's best friend but i digress dealing with his girl cheating on him with his best friend by getting it in with his mom's best friend and now it's not out entirely out of the realm of possibility that he doesn't bang his best friend's mom maybe he takes on dax dax's mom next all i know is this dude is like super super popular at the moment which for for being like he's getting called king go look at their instagrams go look at dax milne's instagrams and go look at zach wilson's instagram everyone king oh man goat the, the memes have been off the hook over the past few days of you know, Zach Wilson's like running down the street as fast as he can trying to get to like his mom's book club or something like that. Just- <laughs> <laughs> so my shout out goes to my quarterback, your quarterback, the greatest of all time. And I actually just recently purchased a Zach Wilson jersey. So it will be here very soon. Uh, it's on the, the long boat from China. It is actually. Uh, we need not talk about that. Um, and I mean, you brought it up. You're the one who said, listen, it's not like I stole anything from Ikea. Um, so my shout out is Zach Wilson. You know what? I got to say though about Zach Wilson. I mean, when you're like a kid, probably 18, 19, isn't that the dream? Like your mom has a hot friend and Stacy's mom. Yeah. Like got it going on. You know what the thing is though, too? They're Mormon. Like Zach Wilson's family is Mormon. So this is, this is damaging for them. Like, like his mom used to post every day on social. She's to, she's not anywhere near social no, media. No, she which posted is a thirty minute shit about. Oh, like, did she? The, yeah, the toxicity of uh, social media. And oh, shit. I missed that. I don't. I I would rather a thirty minute diatribe about her best friend. <laughs> now here's the real question, and I mean this is probably like really kind of shallow and stuff, but like, I think we need to look at the friend. <laughs> 
Because like if it's like a listen, the dude's troll. an NFL player. That that woman is probably a solid. Nine. She's a dude. BYU Cougars. It's not just a team name. Bring your. <laughs> bring your own or yeah. bring your undies Cougars. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, Awful. man. We're, we're trying. Anyway, try, I may try Dustin, to make it. I was gonna say Dustin, you go. Okay, fine. Uh, I did over the weekend, as I mentioned, see Thor. And during that movie, there was a point where I said to myself, God damn, Christian Bale is a fantastic actor. So my shout out is to Christian Bale for being an incredible actor. Honestly, James, when you see this movie, and Maddie, you've already seen it, maybe you'll agree with me on this. There are times when uh, he is doing like a monologue, and I'm thinking to myself, if they had reversed the roles during uh, Chris Nolan's Batman series and Christian Bale, instead of playing Batman, played the Joker, he would have fucking nailed it. Like that's, ta- how, that's how good Christian Bale was in Thor. They're so, talking Oscar for him, potentially, for his, like, for his role. They're saying it's not necessarily a crazy thing to believe that he might get nominated for one for for gore i mean his body of work if you go back and look like he lost like a gajillion pounds to be in the machinist and then put it all back on for his next role and like he's done everything american psycho is one of my favorite movies of all time um dude dude was in terminator salvation and famously yelled at the crew he was also in one of my favorite movies of all time the prestige prestige yeah and another fantastic performance he is a very 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 good actor but like this role in thor just really shows his range and how he can be a a complete psychopath like sociopathic character so cool yeah no he was really good in it um i think to you know going from what he is in the first moments you see him to what he becomes to the end it's it's quite the I guess the journey in such a short period of time and arguably underused in the movie still. Um, that's the, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's a very that's, good point. Well, there's, this is no spoiler because it was cut from the movie, but there was a scene that was cut that he did like some self mutilation. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Like the scars that he has in the movie were apparently in a previous scene that was cut that he was like hurting himself and shit. And they just said it was too scary. And I'm like how he did it and how he portrayed it, that they're like, we can't, we can't do this. That's cool. So there's actually a couple other cut scenes, but I'll, we'll talk about that after the podcast because it's, it might be spoilery. Yeah. That one is not really a spoiler. Cause you see him all marked up in the no, no, no. trailer. Yeah, so, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just saying the ones yeah, that I'm yeah. thinking of are definitely a spoiler. So I don't want yeah, to talk for sure. It. Um, but yeah, no, he was, he was awesome in it. Um, so my shoutouts then, I guess, it's not really like anything where you have Christian Bale or Jimmy's got, you know, Zach Wilson. Dude, for this is your first. So it's your first, yeah. own it. <laughs> it's my first. You never forget your first. Um, I mean, I did. Did I? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, my my shoutout is, okay, so obviously I moved and, you know, moving sucks and it's tough and it's you know, it's hard and no one wants to do it and shit like that. So my shout out actually goes to my brother and my buddy, Brendan, for helping me move. You know, you know, there's, you always dread that call 
when the friend's like, hey, I'm moving and you know what's coming and, you know, not one time did they even hesitate or whatever. They actually offered up their services and saying, no, don't even worry about it. We got you. So, you know, I've moved a lot of friends over the past few years and it sucks and I've moved gym before and it's, you know, there's always something in the way and you're just tired and it's, you know, it's arduous and tedious. So that's who my shout outs go to. Listen, I, I can appreciate that, but this guy's fucking bullshitting. So his move was like 15 boxes and then he had the movers do the actual fucking like couch and shit. We didn't move couches and stuff, but like we moved boxes and some delicate equipment, like his, his big ass TV. We moved that for sure. But, uh, I just don't, I don't want to be oversold here. Uh, like I wasn't like nobody was playing Josie Scott and Chad Kruger's hero behind while we were moving stuff. There that was not happening. That's a big tune. That's a, that's a big tune right there. Big reference. Um, but I'm glad you said that uh, Maddie got movers because I feel like, and maybe this is a topic of conversation for the Not After Thirty podcast. But wait, I feel like after the age of thirty, like you have to hire movers now. Like we are oh. not capable of doing this like we used to be. No. Our bodies are all broken, and pizza and beer is not enough anymore. Also, Maddie got movers. Sounds like the sequel to Freddie Got Fingered. well like i here's the thing i got them because i was like i don't want to deal with the big furniture it's frustrating it's annoying Mm -hmm, and i was like i don't trust them with my nice tech equipment the monitors the tvs the pc all that shit i don't trust them so i was like this is why i'm getting movers is just for that um the funny thing was though when they got to the house and they're walking in the door with shit I, i stopped them i was like stop and they're like what what's going on and i'm like the painters literally just left these walls cost a lot of money you better be fucking careful and the guy looks at me and i was like i'm not fucking kidding and he's like oh shit and he got like really nervous to the point where like they're like tiptoeing through the walls or, like the hallways and up the stairs and shit and yeah it was kind of funny and i was like sorry guys it's like no no we get it like they fully understood and they weren't upset or kind of pissed off but they were just like, thank you for telling us because a lot of the time people paint after. So we were like, no. But yeah, so my shout out to Jimmy and Brendan. All right, so that concludes our shout outs. And that also concludes this episode of 43.6. Thank you for joining us for episode 13 of 43.6. Uh, thank you for waiting the extra day. As uh, you know, we as we mentioned on the show, Maddie had a move going on and the world's internet fell apart, or at least Canada's internet fell apart, and my face was half frozen. So uh, thank you for your patience on this one. Uh, we will talk to you next week when we are supposedly going to talk about the best movies, best sports movies of all time. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more coming up next week. We will see you then. Thanks for joining us. I'm Dustin. That's James. That's Maddie. See ya.